Welcome back to another episode of the Morning Skate. This is episode 162, uh, Free Agent Frenzy, sort of. Normally it's July 1st, but this year it's somewhat in October, mid-October. We have a ton of signings to go over. We have Doggate. We have a ton of stuff to talk about. So not only is Dale and Hal here, but we also brought in, brought in Puck Raker, our resident lawyer, attorney at law. Puck Raker making his debut on the pod. He actually had his own pod earlier this year, um, and but this is the first time he's been on with the boys. So Puck Raker, what's popping, dude? What's up, fellas? Happy to be here. Very excited for the frenzy. Um, did do the pod. That, uh, that tribe's actually going through some fishing rights stuff right now. Probably going to put out a blog on it. Um, but yeah, let's get going. Happy, happy to have you. Uh, Hal, how's it going, buddy? Good, dude. The only, the only thing I want to just throw out there uh, before we start free agency and you guys discuss your dogs as dog dads or whatever you call each other, uh, is it sucked that free agent frenzy was like on a Tuesday in October? Like I just, I just wish I was there for it all. I think it was pretty uneventful, really, if you look at it. Like a lot of shits unfolded in the last like two, three days, but it just kind of felt, it just felt different, right? Like usually free agent frenzy to me is like Fourth of July time. Like Hell, every, it, every year I take off and like buy chicken wings, and I just I watch NHL Network, and you couldn't you couldn't have said that more perfectly because it's like it's a Tuesday. Nobody, like, really, I don't know. It's just a weird, really weird thing to happen. Yeah. Essentially. Um, but also, we have Dale, who's here, the king slander of dogs. How's it going? It's good, dude. We're, yeah, you're, you're calling me out already for the slander. I'm good, buddy. It's, uh, you know, had one of those days where it started off not so great, and now it's, you know, just getting better every day. He's got to say, every, everything throughout the day gets a little better. Say I'm on a winning streak, you know, happy to be talking with the boys, happy to be here. Got a lot of good memories uh, of our youth, of our younger 20s, kind of just having the day at Dan's house upstairs in his in his uh, his loft area, eating chicken wings, going over a free agent frenzy. So it's nice to uh, nice to be back and happy to be with you guys and talking about it. And as any hockey coach would say, man, it's shift by shift, mile by mile. Take a hit, give a hit. Just make sure you win the first five, dude. So glad that you're having a better day. Not you dogs. So let's just get right into it. Uh, We have dog gate. So essentially what happened is I got hit with a fucking 97 mile an hour fastball directly to the face one day out of goddamn nowhere. Had zero time to prepare. Essentially, I put out a picture of my my golden goddess, Stevie. Cute as can be. Just cute as a bug. She's in the bed right now. She's looking at me. She's looking at you, Dale. You coward. And uh, not two minutes later, Dale posts a picture of Grizzly. Here's the thing, dude. You can post a fucking picture of your dog. I am completely okay with that, dude. Everybody loves dogs. If you're into hockey, you love dogs. But not only did he post a picture of the dog, then he posts another picture of his dog. So we had three dog pictures up on our Instagram in, like, literally 18 minutes. So I'm like, dude, what the fuck's going on? He puts up a poll out of fucking nowhere, and I'd like to talk about this. Wait. The question you... was, no, I am not done. The question was, who has the bigger paws? Not who is the prettier dog. I want to make that very, very clear. 
That is very clear. Secondly, uh, I was ambushed. I talked about this. I did not have any time to prepare this. Thirdly, once this went live, Dale used every account that he has on his on his phone, which is upwards of like 30 of them, and and liked all of Grizzly. So Stevie's getting put in a body bag at the beginning of it. She has no chance. The next one, Stevie's a girl. She's supposed to have a slender frame, dude. She's not supposed to have a big male chocolate lab frame. That's that's number – what was that, number four? Number five, Stevie's picture only showed one paw, not two, and that's what really pissed me off, dude. You're just fucking showing – Grizzly's paws everywhere, and Steve. And not only Stevie showing one paw, it was like a really sassy diva paw, dude. It wasn't. She wasn't stretching out. Uh, and I think the last one, which might be the most important, Grizzly. The vote for Grizzly's on the right hand side. When you hold your phone, I would say majority of Americans are right handed. When you hold your phone, what side is the thumb on your phone? It's on the fucking right side. So that's my case. Also, before this all happened, Dale said that he did ambush me out of nowhere where I had no time to prepare. I heard it. The roommate heard it. Everybody heard it. And that's where I'm at. So that's my little rant. I'll give you a couple minutes if you want to address this. But Stevie essentially just got – she got Benedict Arnold. Thanks, bro. Well, I appreciate the time. And uh, basically, I think it's important to back it up for our followers to know when this really started, which was a podcast that I wasn't on. And you, bas- and you were just calling Grizzly out for not having as big a pause as Stevie. And the question, the question at hand was never who's the prettier dog, who's the better dog. I wouldn't, I would never do that. Um, it was you. You just kept coming at Grizzly for not having as big a pause. So I put out the post, and granted, what I did say was like for at first I put out a a post on the feed and I said, like for Grizzly, comment for Stevie, which all those posts like that are framed like that are biased for sure. Every one of them. At the beginning <laughs> but, of the time. But dude, I then put out the poll after you deleted my post, which was kind of crass of you, but hold on. Was that crass me? You posted three pictures in eighteen minutes. Yeah, but you asked for it, dude. It was a nice Sunday. It was kind of the theme of the day. You're like, send us our send I'll us your hockey dogs. Don't pretend like you don't know social media. Okay. Um I only have three accounts and Grizzly beat you, but I have, I, I might've voted with like upwards of five or six accounts, but Grizzly beat Stevie 114 to 46, dude. Body bagged. Yeah, it was body bagged, but it was also rigged. I walked through every single one of those. All right. Well, I think, we, I think, the, I think we just got to get them together in person, dude. I think we should. I really do. I, I would like Stevie, to, honestly, I would like Stevie to put Grizzly in his place though. Cause he's being a little, He's being a little devil, so. They, they do that. Yeah. Pal, what were you going to say? Shut the fuck up. They do that. I'm so sick you guys be on your high horse. I just, for one, wanted to say I thoroughly enjoyed this whole experience. I was the one who first complimented the big paws on the podcast. Um, and Sunday, I was having so much fun. Got a text from Ked saying Dale might get suspended. I'm like, do it. Got a text from Dale being like, I think I pissed off Ked. I'm like, get give it to him um it was awesome to unfold so i loved that uh yeah i don't know i'm gonna be home in a, like a month or a couple weeks or something like that and i'm gonna bring a tape measure i'm gonna measure their paws so we can yes. talk about that <laughs> i mean that uh, puck raker as somebody who i don't know if you're familiar with with dog gate do you have any sort of opinion on this and just remember who founded the morning skate uh, I'll, I'll keep that in mind but uh your issue with this cat is you're having a scarcity mindset on the dog thing instead of an abundance mindset Especially when we have like 36 people in the group chat, everyone's having a great time. You're just worried about winning. And you know what? 
you're better than that. You're a lot better than that. So that's where I'm at with it. I enjoyed seeing it. The other issue I have is the, the hate for cats in the group text. Unreal. <laughs> I mean, cats, independent, intelligent. You know, they keep the mice and roaches out down here. It's a beautiful thing. Do you, do you have any pets? Yeah, I have one cat. What's your cat's name? Yeah. Captain. Oh, we might have He was – when I got when I got him, he was Katniss, but he's a boy, so yeah. I not really have that. So have I switched it over to Captain. He kind of knows his name. Yeah, he's a sadistic little fuck, though. I caught him torturing a mouse a couple weeks ago. Just uh, yeah. just like the uncle in Lion King, you know, he just lets it run and then catches it. Dude, he's like, he's like Scott Mellonby out there just banging rats, dude. That's all you have to do. <laughs> I, I love every second of that. Yeah, he's a big cat. That was Doggate. So if you guys are still here listening to the podcast, I think now at this point we're going to break down NHL in the news, play the music. All right, guys, it's hockey time. This is why you guys are here, probably not because of the dogs. So uh, what we're going to do, Dale and Puckeraker, what we're going to do is they're just going to go player by player, and I separated them by teams. We're just going to walk through their last year's stats and just kind of go over them. So there's a lot of signings, a lot of trades. We're going to try to keep it kind of quick. So uh, I think, Dale, you're going first. Yeah, let's get after it, boys. A uh, little rapid-fire section. We can keep it kind of like the last one, buy or sell. You guys like the trade, just – Hit the button. You can't buy or sell, though. What is that? What is that off of? Is that like uh, part of interruption? Yeah. It's, yeah it's like, I can't be stealing Tony Kornheiser's, like, schemes. <laughs> All right. What, what, do you, what, I mean? what should we call it, then? Pass I don't it. know. We'll workshop it. What's that? Oh, yeah. Shooter dump. Shooter I like that. Dump. Pretty good. All right. Shooter dump. Colorado Avalanche signed Ryan Graves to a three-year, $9.5 million contract. Ryan Graves with the Avalanche the last uh, two seasons – Played 69 games for nine goals, 17 assists, 26 points, and 45 penalty minutes. He's uh, 210 pounds, drafted fourth or in the fourth round by the Rangers in the 2013 entry draft. All right, uh, but now you have to let us know who's going. Jimmy, Hal, Ked, take it away. All right, so uh, Ryan Graves, he was a former Rangers product. The Rangers decided to go with Rob O'Gara over him at the time. That's something <laughs> that. I will never forget. Um, he's been a really good piece for the Colorado Avalanche. He's not going to be a guy who's going to score a ton of goals, but he's also going to be a guy who's, who's going to log some minutes, and he's going to be a stalwart out there. Like he's going to be able to shut down some players. Three years, $9.5 million. I think you kind of need defensemen on that team that are signed for not huge contracts, considering that you are going to have some younger kids coming up. Uh, I am going to shoot on this one, dude. I think this is a good deal for the Colorado Avalanche. Again, Ryan Graves is a bigger defenseman, and – I don't think he's really known for his offense. I think he's known for a crisp first pass, as all the NHL scouts love to say, come fantasy or uh, the NHL draft. And that's what I got on that. Hal, what do you got? I'm a fan. Uh, I'll shoot on this, too. I think it's hard not to. I think – I mean, obviously, this is just like a re-signing. But if you look at the Colorado Avalanche decor now, uh, I think Graves even – I think he, like, is the opposite side of Kale McCarr, which is, like, a pretty huge role. And if you're able to kind of balance that out, that's a big piece – they're a good pairing. Samuel Girard, Eric Johnson. Uh, they just got Taves uh, over from the Islanders. Like, I, I honestly think the Avalanche have, like, a top 
tier decor in the NHL right now. And then their other D man, their six D man's Ian Cole, who's like a stay at home block shot guy. Like I know it's like not the sexiest decor, but that decor to me gets the job done 10 out of 10 times. So I would shoot on that as well. I love that. Um, for some reason, I don't think Ian Cole's on the abs anymore. Did he go somewhere else or am I? No, he still is. Okay. Um, yeah. And you have Bowen Byram coming up on top of all that shit. Another young kid who's going to be pretty good. Puck Rick, do you have anything with this? No, I agree with Hal. I think the ads are stacked on D now. It's good because uh, Gerard plays with that, like, mini stick. His stick's, like, 2.5 feet tall, and he's, a, he's got an offense, but he's kind of a liability. So having Taves and, and Graves now is really good. We'll get into the Taves one in a bit. But, all right, Puck Rager, moving on, Caps. We got Brendan Dillon, and he split the season, played most of the season with the Sharks, where he had – a goal, 13 assists, and he finished uh, with the Caps, 10 games, no points. All right, so Brennan Dillon, he signs four years, 15.6 mil. That's above a $4 million cap hit for Brendan Dillon. Uh, I'm going to dump on this one. I, I actually really like Brendan Dillon. I think he's a, he's a strong defenseman, but I don't know if I'd be paying him more than $4 million a year. Uh, do you know how old he is? Do you have his profile up in front of you? Yeah, he's a 90, so he's 29. He's turning he's turning 30 next month. Okay, so he's going to end up being 34 years old at the end of this. I don't know if that's really – because he's kind of a shot suppressor, like a block shot, play physical. I don't know how he's going to be at the end of this term. But I'm going to dump on this. I think maybe you could have found somebody else with a, uh, with the same amount of jam but maybe not pay as much. I don't know. Four years is kind of too too long for me. What do you have, Al? Yeah, I mean, I can, I can understand that I'm going to – I like it. I'll shoot on it. I just think if you look at Brendan Dillon, like he's that stay at home kind of enforcer type defense. And we talked about in the playoffs this year, all four teams that finished in the final four of the NHL playoffs are top five in hits during the bubble per game. Um, so I think it's just a fit that works. 3.9 is kind of a high uh, cap hit, but I think almost any, he would get that anywhere. I feel like, I feel like that's just the market for that type of veteran defenseman. So I would, I would shoot on that. Okay. All right. Dale. Nice. All right. Moving on. This is uh, one that's really tugged on the heartstrings of a lot of Rangers fans. I know Disco's happy with it. Henrik Lundqvist <laughs> leaving the Big Apple for the Capital. Lundqvist signs a one million dollar, or sorry, one year, one point five million dollar contract with the Capitals. He tweeted out, "I still love to compete. I still love the game, and I still want to win." Um, Lundqvist been with the Rangers forever. It seems like basically dating all the way back to 05. Um, last season he played in 30 games and his goals against average was 3.16 with 10 wins and 12 losses. Uh, Hal, let's go to you first. Yeah. I mean, I'll shoot on it. I guess I don't, Henrik Lundqvist is pretty much a backup goalie, right? If you look at his last two seasons, he's older. Uh, they have the young Russian. I think it's a good fit in that sense. Uh, and then I don't know, maybe the fact that he's a backup, he's playing less minutes that kind of rejuvenates him too. Like who knows? All I know is I'm excited to see him play the Rangers in division. Um, hopefully there's fans in the crowd. Uh, and I, I, for whatever reason, I just, we talked about this last time. I can't see the Rangers scoring on Henrik Lundqvist. So that brings me joy. So I'm going to shoot. I'm going to shoot you. I think, uh, this is a great deal for the Caps. Hank isn't going to play all the games. I know he's not the goalie he once was. But, I mean, the Caps are their perennial playoff teams. 
it's going to suck seeing him ever lift a cup for another team other than the Rangers, but that doesn't mean that I don't want him to. So I'm going to buy on this. I don't, again, I don't think he's going to be that great. I'm buying on this for Henrik Lundqvist. I'd probably dump on it for the Capitals. I, he's just, he's not, he's not who he once was. And I hope Capitals fans have realistic expectations of this. And they don't think like the King is coming in, you know? Yeah, I know. Can you imagine? What are you going to do if Cavs fans treat him poorly? I don't know. He's not my problem anymore. <laughs> All right, Puck Raker, moving on. All right, we got Tyler Toffoli next. He signed with Montreal for four years, $17 million. Uh, He finished with Vancouver 10 games last season, but he was with the Kings the rest of his career, most of the last year. Um 24 total goals last season, 20 assists for 44 total. Um, I didn't realize his numbers were this good. He's pretty consistent throughout his career. He's like 20s, mid-20s, and then like I guess every other year he like drops down to the teens. So never mind. He's not that consistent. But uh, <laughs> I don't know. He just see, He's always struck me as like a standard kind of like power forward. But, um, I mean, scoring 15 in the NHL is no joke, so. I think he's a pretty good pickup. So, here's my thing. He scores 15 goals. I mean, you have his stats up there. What is he normally mm-hmm. doing? Is he putting like 20 goals a year? In? He was 24 this year, and it was short. So, that might have bumped him up a little bit. But the year before, he was 13, then 24. In 2017, he was 16. And then he had one 131-goal one season in 2016. So here's where I kind of have a problem with this is Jimmy VC just signed a one year, I think, where is it? I don't have it down here. It was like a one year, $900,000 contract. Jimmy VC is putting up 15, 16 goals a year, right? And I'm not saying Jimmy VC is a player Tyler DeFoley is. Clearly, Tyler DeFoley is better than Jimmy VC, but you're paying Tyler DeFoley $4.25 million a year to pot maybe 20 goals. I don't know where he fits into that lineup. I'm not that familiar with the Canadians. But I'm going to dump on this one. I just – he's never really got me going personally. I feel like a lot of people – there's a lot of big Tyler DeFoley fans. But uh, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm fucking putting it in the corner. What do you got, Hal? Yeah, I'm going to stay positive, dude. I like this one too. I'm going to shoot on this one as well. I think Bergevin made some pretty good moves. You made that comparison to Jimmy VC, and I agree. But the one key thing that you did say in there is that I'm not saying that he's as good as Jimmy VC. Yeah. Or Jimmy VC's not as good as him because he's not. Oh, he's not. He's not at all. Jimmy VC nowhere near Tyler Toffoli level. But in terms of, like, points where he signed a 900000 and then maybe for an extra five or six goals, you're paying him almost three-point-something million dollars more. Yeah, I guess. I mean, the two things I would say is, like, one, if you look at Toffoli, when the Kings were get good, his numbers were good. When the Kings started to decline, they weren't. I feel like if he has good players around him, maybe it'll work out. I, every team needs, like, that, like, second, third line right winger. Maybe it's a little bit of a steep salary, but he's 27 years old. He also grew up playing for uh, the Toronto Junior Canadians, uh, arguably the scariest youth hockey team I've ever witnessed in my life. Uh, and he looked good in the color. So, I mean, it kind of fits. It's like he's wearing his home colors again. Shoot. Also, can I throw something out there? I don't know. I don't – Dale and Kevin are doing a good job. I I don't know if we should just read out stats. Should we just read contract and shoot? Yeah, yeah, let's speed speed it up a little bit. I agree with that. Speaking of good job, I just made a mistake. I skipped uh, Justin Schultz. Oh, you're good. Who cares? So, if you want to to grab him. 
that's all right. I think that's like kind of sums up how I feel about the Justin Schultz signing. Like I would skip it too. I don't, do you guys remember when Justin Schultz came into the league out of Wisconsin and like he was going to be this like power play specialist for the Oilers back when they had Hall and they were really young. It's Matt Gilroy 2.0, dude. Yeah, except for he's definitely better than Matt Gilroy. He just doesn't strike me as a $4 million defenseman. I don't know. I could be totally wrong. He might have rounded out his game a little bit. But, like, he's probably, like, he clips around, like, 10 goals a year, which is good from the from the back line. But he's not, like, an elite, like, puck-moving defenseman. And, like, is he really that sound in his D zone? I don't know. If I was a fan, like, I would kind of want my team to spend money elsewhere. But it's not a huge stretch, I guess, no? No, but at the same time, you have Justin Schultz and Brendan Dillon both making four-plus four million dollars a year on your back end. Good point. That's a good point. Um, but All right, Dale. Yeah, so next we've got uh, the Canadiens signing Josh Anderson on a massive seven-year contract worth a total of $38.5 million. Uh, this, com- this comes out to a salary cap hit of $5.5 million per season. He only played in 26 games last year. I don't know if you guys can chime in and tell me if he was injured, uh, but his best season was the year prior. Yeah, what do we just say, bro? I'm just trying to give a little context, bro. I think it's important. <laughs> All right, let's hear the context. I'm sorry. His his best season was the 18-19 season where he had 47 points with 27 goals, 20 assists. Um, but last season, he only had four points in 26 games. So for the Canadians to take on a seven-year deal, they must have, they must see something with him. I'm going to shoot. I, I like Josh Anderson. Big body. If he lives up to his potential, it's going to be huge. And that's a player that the Canadians, I think, have missed forever like they, they keep signing these guys that might be a little bit past their prime trying to do the exact same role as josh anderson josh anderson can play josh anderson hockey i think he's going to be huge for the canadians and it's gonna be a lot of fun watching canadians play the bruins yeah i'm gonna all right i'm gonna dump on this one uh i don't know if you remember pal's bold prediction at the beginning of this season when we did three stars our three bold predictions i said anderson was going to score 30 goals he scored one uh I don't know, man. He throws the body around, right? Like, he's the quintessential, like, old-school hockey player that we talked about in this podcast that we enjoy to watch. Do I think he'll make the Montreal Montreal Canadiens a better team? Sure. Do I think uh, I would want my team to sign a power forward who has injury issues to a seven-year deal? No, thanks. I think it's a dumb contract for that amount of term, and that's why I'm dumping. It's not going to work out. Like, I, I don't know who's been doing it. People have been talking in our writers' group chat, and I agree with it. Like, it's just seven-year deals are, like, so sketchy. And, like, sometimes – like, if you have a guy and it's, like, a three- or four-year deal, like, there's a way to buy out and, like, kind of come away clean. But, like, we just talked about, like, Kyle Turris, like, $2 million on the books for, like, six years for Nashville. I don't know, man. I just – injury-prone, like, that just would scare the shit out of me if I was a Habs fan. All right. Yeah, as an Islanders fan, I just think of Rick DiPietro's contract, and it just makes you <laughs> sick. I mean, yeah. it's the worst nightmare as a fan. Um, speaking of goalies, next up we have Braden Holpe signing with the Canucks, two years at eight point six million. I would shoot really hard on this. I I really like Holpe. All right. So I'm, I'm kind of looking at this. So the Vancouver Canucks essentially lost Jacob Markstrom. We're going to get into it later. He signed six years, $36 million. He kind of seemed like he came alive. I just – I don't know. They were really talking him up in the playoffs. Now you're bringing in Braden Holpe, who I don't know if, – if you ask Cap fans, I think they were pretty pleased that they had that young Russian goalie come in. Two years is kind of nice. At least you're not really banking on him for long term. I think that's kind of nice. And if he ends up proving it, fucking sign him again. 
But uh, you know what? I'm I'm gonna shoot on this, man. I as long as Vancouver has a somewhat decent goalie, I think that they're gonna be a fun team to watch. It showed me a lot during the playoffs, and uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna shoot on this one. What do you got, Hal? Yeah, I would too. Uh, the only reason I'm doing it though, I just think. You lose Markstrom, but ultimately the reason I think they lost Markstrom because I think this is going to be Thatcher Demko's team, right? Like, came in those four games, was lights out in the playoffs. Like, he's an elite prospect as a goalie. And I think it's kind of an overpayment to pay, like, four and a quarter or whatever you're paying for Holpe to be your backup possibly. But I like it. I like the veteran presence mixed with the young goalie, and you're not paying Markstrom that large amount of money. So I I will shoot as well. Yeah. All right, next one seems to be one of the biggest no-brainers, uh, slam dunks, if you will. Tampa Bay signing Patrick Maroon for a two-year, $1.8 million contract. I mean, you can't go wrong with this guy. What do you got? What do you say, Jim? I mean, he's won the Cup the last two years. He plays a pretty decent role on there, and the fact that they only got him for two years, $1.8 I'm good with that. So I'm going to buy Pat, Fatty Patty back in Tampa. I'm going to dump, dude. I, I, uh, I was really positive with the Bolts the last couple of weeks. Um, I'm over it now. I kind of hate the lightning again. I don't want to see them repeat. I don't really care about Patrick Maroon that much. Like, played a p- pretty big role. But didn't he score? He scored, like, one goal. And, like, people are probably going to disagree with this take, too. But when the Bruins played the lightning, like, Patrick Maroon was, like, number, like, 10 on the list of, like, most physically engaged lightning to me. Like, he had, like, one incident with, like, Nick Ritchie. But, like, outside of scrums, I don't know. I, I just feel like he's kind of slow out there. I wouldn't be that high on it, and I'll just transition right in, and then Puck Raker, I'll give you your opinion on these two. Uh, Luke, they resigned Luke Shen, too. It's pretty much the same breath, right? Came in, older guy, veteran. Um, it worked for them. It's a cheap contract. Uh, Puck Raker, what do you got on that? Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say on Luke Shen. I think there's decent value there at under a million. And um, I don't know. I like Pat Maroon, though. I think I'd shoot on him. Um I'm pretty biased, so I just love his personality. I think he's a fun guy. Agreed. And uh, I think that helps helps the team a little bit in the length of a season. But, yeah, two years, I, I can I can agree. I'd try to sign him for, for uh, just one year. Okay. Uh, on Luke Shen, I'm here nor there on Luke Shen. Dump it. I just, I'm a Luke Shen guy. All right, I'll keep it going. Dale. What are your thoughts? We got New York Rangers signed Jack Johnson one year, one point five million. I mean, uh, I like it. I think it's, I think it's, uh, I think it's pretty decent value for uh, a veteran player in the league. It'll kind of give the younger guys on the team someone to look up to. Um, I do like it. I'm going to bundle this one in because I have a, a lot more to say on Keith Kincaid. I've mentioned it before on the podcast, but I used to work for. The uh, New Jersey Devils farm team, the Albany Devils, where the uh, owner or, yeah, the owner of the, he was like just gassing up Keith Kincaid. He was like, Keith Kincaid, he's going to replace Marty Brodeur. Like, this is years ago. And he was like, Keith Kincaid this, Keith Keith Kincaid that. Um, So I was pumped. And uh, I used to, I used to shovel his crease. So I'm, I'm heavy, uh, very (laughs) bullish on Keith Kincaid. (laughs) All right. Good take, Dale. I'm going to back it up uh, away from, again, fun fact of the day, Dale used to shovel Keith Kincaid's Keith uh, crease. Ked, we'll just go to you for the – so first one, Jack Johnson. Uh, <laughs> love the commentary, Dale. 
Jack Johnson kid. Uh, Rangers fans were pissed. I think Waylon was pissed. People hate the signing. What do you got? Uh, I mean, we got rid of Mark Stahl and we added Jack Johnson. Uh, Jock Martin coached him in Pittsburgh, and J.D. had him in Columbus. As long as they use him as a third-pairing defenseman and they just try to keep him off the ice as much as possible, I'm okay with it, but I'm going to dump on that one. Also, I'm going to buy on Keith Kincaid. I'm going to tell you why. <laughs> I hate the guy. You know that. There's only room for one emoji person in New York. He tried taking over D.D. Gregorius' thing. It's not his thing. But the Rangers did this because they signed him for two years, which was smart. We have the Seattle expansion coming up this way that they're not going to be able to lose Shesterkin or Alex Georgiev. That's the only reason they signed him to this deal. So I'm going to shoot on that. Yeah, I guess, man. I mean – He's not going to get any games. What? I, I, can you imagine if you're, both your Russian goalies go down and then you're just riding Keith Kincaid? We'll Probably revisit that. Yeah. But, yep. So, uh, we're going to move on. Nashville Predators signed Mark Borecki, two years, $4 million. I wish the Rangers would have signed him instead of Jack Johnson, but this is where we're at. Uh, I love Boro Cop. He's going to Smashville. Love this for them. I'm going to shoot for Nashville. What do you guys got? I love his hockey DB picture. He's got the gap tooth going. He looks like he's missing at least three in the front row. Yeah. And he, he just loves it. <laughs> so good pickup on, on that alone. So I know we're Boro guys on this podcast. Dude, I, and I know he had a pretty good season and he wore the A. I'd like, is he worth $4 million? Is that like the world we live in? I know it's two year, which isn't bad. And it's, ultimately risk-free and it's like who cares it just seems like a lot I always just kind of saw him like ride in a two-way contract like moving forward possibly you know what I mean like isn't he like a seventh defenseman I'm confused is he making four million dollars a year or two million dollars a year no uh, no it's I think it's two million dollars a year no yeah okay so he's making two I'm okay with him making two million if it was four million I would have been like what the fuck are they doing two million dollars a year for a guy who's gonna stick up for his teammates play some decently sound in the D zone. He's going to, he's going to penalty kill. So I'm okay with that. All right. Well, next we have uh, Cam Talbot. He got signed to the wild three years for 11 million. Um, obviously I hate the Rangers. So I always like to see X Rangers do well, but they got to actually dump on this. Cause I wasn't really impressed with this time in Calgary. I, I really thought the flames are going to make a big run with Johnny hockey and, uh, Giordano and like they have a couple other good forwards, but they never really did anything with Talbot. So, what do you guys think? Yeah, I'm gonna. I I thought the the Cam Talbot slander in the group chat was like slightly alarming. Um, I'm gonna shoot on this all day. Like, I think he's an upgrade on Devin Dubnik. I know. I think he carried like a 917 save percentage the last two years or so, which isn't great, but it's still like top 15 in the league. Um, and I don't know. I just, I honestly, I just got distracted because Ked was turning around and he was like wiggling his fingers or something like that. <laughs> Ked, I'm serious, dude. Don't, I, I don't know how else I have to say it. What's that? It's like a, a toothpick. Floss. Why are you? I That's didn't a dog at it. Jesus Christ. I'm just – well, can you, like, lock the dog away or something? Like, distracted Ked. Like, distracted Ked zero of the week. Cam Talbot. Getting back to Cam Talbot. Try to get back on track here. I just think it's a good contract. Like, I think 
he had better numbers than Holpe. He had better numbers than Lundqvist. If you look at the goalies on the market, they weren't bad. Like three years ago, I'm pretty sure he led the league in save percentage. He was right there. He was an all-star one year when he first got to Edmonton. A great backup for the Rangers. Like, I really think Cam Talbot is not a great goalie, but he's a good goalie. He's serviceable. I'd buy. Yeah, I'm, I think I'm. I think I'm shooting on this. Just I don't think he's going to do that well because it's Minnesota. But <laughs> Alabama Huntsville. I mean, you nailed it on that. And on top of that, like Cam Talbot finally signed like a long term kind of long term deal for the first time in his career. He's getting that money, so I'm happy for him. Hopefully, he does well. I think it's kind of a toss up between him and Dubnik, right? Like I don't really think one is that much better than the other. So that's uh, that's kind of what I got on that guy. Nice. So up next, we got one of the best hockey names in the game, Radko Gudis, signing with the Florida Panthers for a three-year, $7.5 million contract. Uh, what do you guys got on this? Take it to you first, Puckracker. Um, I don't know. He's. I don't really have much of an opinion on Gudis. I haven't seen him play that much. What do you think, Hal? Uh this is another one that's super weird because these are players that I like. Like, I sold on Anderson – or I, I dumped on Anderson. I dumped on uh, on Borowetsky. I just – I don't know. That seems like a lot of money for Gudis. Like, if you talk to Flyers fans, I don't think he really exceeded his expectations. And I don't think he's as nails as he used to be. It just seems like a reach by Florida to me. I don't. Yeah, kind of a weird deal for Florida to be going out and doing um... – I think I'm going to dump on this one, too. Three years for Ratko Gudis. I'm kind of all set on that. We can skip the next one. I just kind of put him there because – What was it? It was Alex Wenberg, one year, 2.25, just kind of an irrelevant center that plays defensive hockey. I just want to throw this out there. If anyone plays, like, NHL, like, and you're big into franchises and dynasty modes, EA Sports has Alex Wenberg's, like, trade value, like, fucking through the roof. Like, it makes zero sense. Like, they – like, you could, like, be, like, Johnny Gaudreau for, like, Alex Wenberg and, like – the other franchise would be like, fuck off, like don't insult us, like throw in like three first round picks. Like makes no sense. So I just wanted to throw that out there. No, I like that. I'm gonna uh I'm gonna just start rattling them off because we still have a million left to go. So th- we're gonna do it by teams. Edmonton signed Kyle Turris, two years, three point three million dollar contract, and Tyson Berry do a one year three point seven five million dollar contract. Gonna dump on Turris, shoot on Barry. Turris, this is a show me if you still have it kind of thing. He did absolute dog shit with the Nashville Predators. He used to be a really sound uh, center for Ottawa back in the day, but just didn't really get much done. Tyson Berry, I mean, he went to Toronto, didn't really do much again, but I think him and Edmonton with McDavid and obviously Dreisaitl is going to have the weapons to put up some points on the power play. So uh, dump on Turris, shoot on Berry. Yeah, I, I think what I'm gonna, we should just start f- fucking skipping people we don't care about either. Uh, I'll agree with that. I think I think Barry is kind of a weird case because he had a really shitty year in Toronto, right? I don't know if people remember, but last year he was, like, looking for, like, $8 million on the market, like, per year. Like, people thought he was going to be a paid offensive defenseman. He's going to go to Edmonton. Like, everyone knows who plays for the Oilers, two of the best forwards in the league. Definitely going to like that move. Kyle Turris, whatever. Maybe it works. It's not a ton of money. I'm actually going to – I'm going to shoot on that, too. I like that, too, just because I think – uh, if it works out, great. If it doesn't, it's one year. Just bury them in the minors. Yeah, I think it's worth shooting on both them, too. It's Edmonton. I mean, they're used to disappointment. So, Kyle Terrace used to have those great seasons. Maybe he'll bounce back. Um, guess I'll throw the Flames signings in there. They signed Zach Ronaldo, Chris Tanev, 
And the big one was Jacob Markstrom for six years, $36 million. Um, I think this is a really Flames type of goalie signing. They really just, like, fall – I feel like they fall in love with, like, guys who are good tandem guys. Uh, like, I, I feel like they pumped that guy Riddich for a little bit. But um, since, like, Kippersoff, I don't remember the Flames really having a stud. I guess Markstrom could turn into that, but – I mean, he wears number 25. Come on. Like, what's that about? Yeah. I just don't trust that. And um, the Flames did not impress me this year. So, No, 100%. I agree with that. Um, it's kind of funny watching Ronaldo be, like, kind of relevant and getting another contract. Good for him. Uh, I 100% agree with everything you just said on Markstrom. And I do, I do like the tandem signing a lot. The only thing that kind of surprised me on the tandem signing – is they had Travis Hamannick and they're like letting him go to free agency, which is kind of interesting. He still hasn't signed, and Hamannick's a really weird one too. Because, and I know you're an Isles fan. Like, didn't Hamannick leave for like family matters, and he wanted he to be? He had, on yeah, he's from um, Alberta or Saskatchewan, and his dad died while he was on the Islanders. He like left the team for a bit. Then they, then he, I think he went to the Flames partly because of that to be closer to his family, like. He grew up on this little farm with them. So uh, he's awesome, though. He's so solid. I really love Hamannick. Hamannick actually created this program where after games he brings in kids who have lost, like, a parent mm-hmm. and into the locker room. And, like, Hamannick's a fucking cool dude, dude. And, he, and he's tough as shit. He'll fight anybody. He plays the game the right way. I'm a huge Travis Hamannick guy. Yeah, and I think, I think uh, Tanov kind of brings those same elements. And I think Tanov would be great. Just kind of sucks for him and Nick, like, I don't, it'll be interesting to see where he goes. Um, All right. See, I would love the Islanders to pick him up again with uh, Lamorello and like put him and Andy Green out there together. I would love it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this, this one, uh, our buddy Greg wanted us to talk about the Sabres specifically with Taylor Hall. Taylor Hall signs a one-year $8 million contract. I shoot on this. I shoot on this, but Sabres fans have to be realistic. Like, I don't think Taylor Hall is going to re-sign in, in Buffalo. I think Taylor Hall is going to have a pretty good year with Jack Eichel, and then come fucking trade deadline, they're probably going to ship him out. That would be my my idea. But the Sabres should be able to get pretty decent value for him, at least a couple picks, and, like, you're not going to compete for a Stanley Cup. It's only one-year deal. I think this is a great signing for the Sabres. Yeah, I agree. I think a lot of people trash Taylor Hall. The only reason you can really trash him is because he said he wanted to go to a contender. But I think everything – I could echo a lot of what you said. I think it's a really smart move, right? Like, think about, like, one, salary cap didn't go up. Everything happened with COVID. Not as much money out there. Two, he's going to have the opportunity to play with arguably, like, a top three center in the league. Probably going to put up close to what he had when he was an MVP, and he's probably going to get paid because of that. Three, they gave him a you no know, movement clause. And, like, uh, like, I think he has a list, too. So, if he doesn't want to get traded and he wants to resign, he can. And then he can choose the team's – that he wants to be traded to, right? He's going to present a list to them. So pretty much all of the power goes to him. Like, I don't know. If you're Taylor Hall, to me, this is a really smart move. And if you're a Sabres fan, you'd be excited. And to actually, to echo that too, I really liked what Taylor Hall said about like Buffalo and when they said why he wanted to sign there. And he basically said like, it's a, it boiled down to like, it's a hockey town. Yeah, I totally agree with that. It's, it's important to give your fans something to get excited about, even if you're rebuilding. And like Ked said, he's going to do well with Eichel. His value is going to go up and help the team, but he's also going to be entertaining for that time. You actually have something to look forward to when you're watching the freaking game. Yeah, 100%. I just think, I don't know. There are so many other places I would 
rather not play in front of Buffalo. I feel like it gets shit on, but like from a player's perspective, huge hockey market. If you're Canadian, like you're close to Canada, I don't know. It could be a lot worse. I would agree. If I'm a Sabres fan, I'm happy about it because regardless, you're going to at least get to have fun watching him and Eichel play, and then you're going to pick up some stuff come deadline. So, uh, your, your old boy, Anton Kadobin, signs three years, $10 million contract with the Stars. I like this deal for the Stars. They put Ben Bishop in net during the playoffs, and he didn't really do anything. Do- they rode Dobie the whole way, and he played lights out. Like, He's not Dominic Hoshik. I know he's not Dominic Hoshik, but he has like that kind of, he's just a smaller goalie. He makes, he does whatever the fuck he has to do to stop the puck. And a lot of goalies are really fundamental and they're like this way, that way. Kudobin stops the puck. Like that is how he plays the game. So uh, three years, 10 mil. I don't, I don't hate it. I mean, you have a lot of money kind of tied up with goalies, but again, I think at least what you saw out of Ben Bishop in the playoffs, if, if he's going to continue to do that, you at least have somebody you can, you can ride a little bit. Yeah, I'll I'll be quick on this one. I I like it too, right? Uh, it's hard not to sign him after the run he just went on. Like three years isn't too bad. He doesn't have a lot of miles on him because he's always been like a tandem backup goalie. So he can play till he's 37. I don't see that being an issue. Cap hits okay. If I'm a Stars fan, I'm happy. All right. Now we, um, we got the Wings signing Bobby Ryan. One year, just a million bucks. And they also signed Vladislav Namesnikov. Namesnikov. Hate that. Man. Two years, four million. And fun fact: his uncle is Slava Kozlov. Someone has scribbled in there. That's pretty cool. Yeah, man. Back to the uh, the old Russian five. I I don't hate this. I don't I don't hate what the Red Wings are doing, and it's kind of cool. Everybody right. that, everybody that they're signing, like their responses. All I had to do was listen to Steve Eisman talk for two minutes, and I was all in. So I think that's kind of cool. Hopefully Bobby Ryan can come back. I would have liked to have seen Bobby Ryan go to a team with a little bit more firepower because I think Bobby Ryan, you put on a wing with somebody who can make him better, he'll put up those points. I don't know if this is going to be good for his stature in terms of, like, really trying to sign another long-term deal. But, uh, I mean, I think it's good for both of them. Bobby Ryan, he's been in the league forever. Vladimir Mestikov, two years, four mil. At least you have somebody there. I think he can play center and wing. So, uh, shooting on both of them. Oh, they also – Sorry, they also signed Thomas Grice, uh, two years, seven point two million, which uh, which I love. I think Grice is awesome. Jang's Trophy winner, baby. That's I mean that's not a bad signing. I the only thing I would have on that Grice signing is that's gonna be that's a tough situation to go to. It's the worst team in the league. You know what I mean? Like Jimmy Howard was never a stud, but like I like last year I felt bad for Jimmy Howard. Like he had like one of the worst save percentages I've ever seen. It's a tough situation. Like. Good for Grice. I think he deserves the money. He's definitely underappreciated. But, like, damn, as a goalie, I mean, maybe you have that mindset. Feed me all the pucks. But uh, I would be nervous. Uh, Nemestikov, I don't care about Nemestikov. Like, I thought he was the most irrelevant Ranger when he was on the Rangers. Still think he's kind of irrelevant. Good for him going to the Red Wings. That makes sense. Uh, And then Bobby Ryan, I think Stevie Y is smart on this one. One year, one mil. He's going to play top six minutes, and then he's probably going to move him at the deadline for – prospects or picks so it's going to work out for everybody um this next one i kind of like new jersey devil signed Corey crawford two-year seven point eight million dollar contract i don't like it because i think it's a good signing i like it because now we'll finally see if Corey crawford's a good goalie like you've seen Corey crawford with the blackhawks for however many years just absolutely stacked and like they're still still have their studs up front i know he battled some injuries but now he's going to the new jersey devils and we're going to see what the fuck this guy's made of two-year 7.8 that's a little bit under four a year uh, what do you guys have on this one? 
Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of pissed because I always hated his black pads, and he still has the black and red pads. So he's probably going to have that tricked out. Uh, I don't know, man. I think I would dump on this one. For some reason, I think I kind of give Corey Crawf- Crawford a bad rep for a goal. He's won three cups and, like, excellent goaltender. Uh, no doubt about that. I just don't – I don't know. It just doesn't seem like it makes sense. Him in New Jersey, I really have no analytics, statistics behind that. It's just a gut feeling. Yeah, I just have a feeling he's going to get lit up in that division. There's just too many good teams. And say, I have the same opinion on Chicago. Like, for three cups, he's like a, he's like a Trent Dilfer, you know? He just got dragged yeah. along to championships. And it's so but funny. We'll see. It's so funny, too, because I'll just transition this next one. Matt Murray, four years, $25 million in Ottawa. It's almost like the same – well, it's not the same exact situation. I think Corey Crawford's proved himself more – uh it, it's honestly like the old saying right like if your girl like if your girlfriend cheated on her ex-boyfriend to be with you she's probably going to cheat on you to be with the next guy same thing happened <laughs> to matt murray right the penguins cheated on mark andre Fleury with them and what did they do tristan jari came to town he was a little bit younger a little bit nicer uh and they replaced him too same shit different day uh you get what you receive and now you're the goalie of the ottawa senders i don't think this is gonna work i don't know why it just seemed like matt murray kind of crumbled the last couple of years it's a lot of money to give to him. Um, I got dumb. I hate Matt Murray, but I love that you. <laughs> I love that you just called the Pittsburgh Penguins like the fuck boy of all NHL teams. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's really. I mean, that's really what they are, right? There's no loyalty there, uh, and this isn't written down anywhere, so we can just say this really quick. Did you see that Leonard's in- injured for like? He's injured for like a good amount of time and that they're keeping Marc-Andre Fleury and they're not even going to trade him. Like I, I, that was crazy to me too. Cause they were basically were like, you're gone. Like everyone knew it. Like Marc-Andre Fleury's not coming back. And like, now you're with the team again. Kind of a weird move. Yeah. And I, I, with Vegas ended up signing Petro Angelo, I guess a lot of their players were pissed off that their names were in like the, the media and all this shit. Cry me a river Vegas. It's a fucking business. <laughs> but, uh, Here's one for you, Hal. Tory Krug, seven years, 45.5 mil. It came out that Tory Krug had a, a deal on the table last year that the Boston Bruins pulled and they didn't even talk to him. What do you have on this, like, as your organization treating a homegrown talent like that? Somebody who's really been a part of, like, these runs. I know he never got a cup, but, like, do you really like the way that they're treating your players over there in Boston? Danny Ainge. Yeah, I'm, I'm cool with it, dude. I think seven years is a lot of term. Um... I don't know, man. Tory Krug, Krug was a warrior. Like, I'm not going to put any stank on his name. Like, I kind of knew he was going to be gone. Sucks. I, I thought it was funny. The Bruins social media team tried to bury the lead. As soon as Krug signed, they tweeted out that Kevin Miller got re-signed. It's like, Kevin Miller hasn't played a game in, like, fucking 18 months, and you're tweeting about that, like, exact moment. Get out of my face with that. That upset me. Uh, with that being said, like, I'm a grudge guy. I know, Ked, you're a grudge guy. Um I hold grudges, dude, and I just – the only thing that sits so weird with me is that he's going to the Blues because, like, the whole if you can't beat him, join him thing always made me sick. Like, the only person that ever made the you can't beat him, join him thing sick was Hosa because he was so fucking committed to it, and he kept losing, and he finally switched back and forth and won that cup. It was like I felt happy for him. But when anybody else does that, it just makes me sick, dude. Like, I, it's like eating ice cream at the enemy. Like, I'm out on that. So What about Ray Bork, dude? That's a completely different situation, dude, because the Avalanche didn't beat the Bruins in the Stanley Cup like two years before. All right, dude. I'm just trying to get a rise out of you. <laughs> you did get a rise out of me, dude. Are you ha- are you happy now? Like, 
that was that was uncalled for, Dale. I mean, I didn't even really – I don't know. Ked, what do you have on it? Dale just rattled me. I bet you wish you probably picked Stevie's paws in that Instagram story, you know. But, uh, yeah, I mean, good for Tory Crew. He's getting his bag, dude. Like, you know, he didn't get it. He kept taking hometown discounts. I think it's kind of fucked the Bruins didn't even talk to him. Like, how do you not even be like, hey, how about five years this? Like, that kind of – I don't know why they wouldn't even have offered that. You know what I mean? But uh, I don't know. I, I It's – it's kind of a weird situation. I think the Blues are paying T- uh, Tory Krug and Justin Falk like the same fucking deal, which is kind of crazy. And they're tying up a ton of money. If I'm the Blues, like nothing against Tory Krug, but why wouldn't you just give that contract to Petrangelo? Like, I, yeah. So, dude, and that's kind of the other thing I didn't think about. And I'm glad you brought that up. I would rather have Petrangelo alone, and this is no disrespect to Tory Krug at all, over Krug and Falk tying up all that money. And I guess the reason that they didn't re-sign them is that St. Louis refuses to give out like no movement clauses and like uh, like trade lists and like they pay all their money up front and like they only structure contracts a certain way because the GM feels like if you give guys no movement clauses, they control the situation. You don't, um, which I get, but like, damn, that was your captain. He just won you a cup and like, we'll get to that signing later. But like, I agree, man. I would rather have Petrangelo. I mean, that's kind of a no-brainer. Uh, moving on to the five-year plan, Toronto Maple Leafs. They signed TJ Brody, four years, 20 mil. Wayne Simmons, one year, 1.5. And Zach Bogosian, one year, one mil. Bogosian's still in the league. Love the TJ Brody signing, four years, 20 mil, five mil a year. Right-handed puck-moving defenseman can really get shipped on. Wayne Simmons kind of bringing that edge that Toronto always claims that they don't have. Uh, is he past his prime? I don't know. He was in Buffalo. Nobody watches Buffalo games. So if you're a Sabres fan, let me know how he did. And uh, Zach Bogosian, I mean – what a fucking stud in the playoffs. I was really happy that Messina in New York was able to get a cup, but that's what I have on the Leafs. What do you guys got? I think two out of three ain't bad on this one. I like Simmons and Bogosian. I think Brody's a little overrated, but I don't know. I guess he could step up. But yeah. four, four years for $5 million, Like, didn't he play behind Mark Giordano and, like, a couple of those other defensemen? I don't know. Apparently, I hate the Flames. That's what I'm discovering this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's yeah. all I got for the Maple Leafs. I agree. I don't like the Brody signing. Not really sure why. He just – TJ Brody just sounds like a Maple Leaf defenseman that's going to get tortured by the media. Uh, Zach Bogosian, like, I like Zach Bogosian a lot. One year, one mil, it doesn't hurt. Uh, and then Simmons, one year, 1.5 mil. I'm actually – I'm going to dump on that. My only reason for that is, like, we always talk about the Maple Leafs needing to get tougher and getting that, like, that, like, grit leadership. And I always feel like they're close, but, like, Matt Martin, Kyle Clifford, like, it's never, like, really that cool and they're a Leaf for some reason. I don't know why, but, like, Matt Martin on the Islanders, pre and post, so much cooler than Matt Martin on the Maple Leafs. Like, makes no much sense, and I just feel like when you put that Maple Leafs sweater on, you just kind of, like, lose that grit. It's like my comparison to, like, when a New York Yankee has to shave. It's like, well, you know what I mean? Yeah, Johnny Damon and pinstripes just wasn't a good look. <laughs> yeah, dude. Right. Giant oh, Damon. Oh, I don't know. Uh, a guy who just made a ton of money for not even know how to throw a fucking baseball. Johnny You're, Damon. Dude, he, step, he like steps with the wrong foot. Dude, Johnny Damon like just does appearances nonstop. You know how like <laughs> Schnooky goes from like bar to bar? Like Johnny Damon does the same thing. That's his whole life is he's like card <laughs> signings at strip malls. Just Johnny Damon. I've seen him around here like 70 times. Johnny Damon's just a Vinnie Prosper of the Major League Baseball. <laughs> yeah. uh, Kevin Shattenkirk three years 11.7 million dollar contract I'm dumping on this this is 
your typical, oh, is Kevin Shattenkirk back? He won a cup. Let's sign him. He was dog shit in New York. He, I mean, he played some minutes for Tampa. He played pretty good playoff. I think he had an OT winner. I just, you know, you mentioned earlier, I'm a grudge guy. I'm out on Kevin Shattenkirk. He might be top five most hated player in the league for me right now, but that's what I have on this. What do you guys got? I Man, like it, harsh, dude. Man. I don't. Go I'll go ahead. I'll go ahead. Uh, yeah, no, I was just going to say, I think, you know, the Ducks are in a weird spot where they're kind of rebuilding and Getzloff's getting older and like they have some pieces that are there. I just think he helps that defense like past uh, basically Cam Thaler, Josh Manson and Hampus Lindholm. That's really all they have on the back end right now. Right. They lost Shea Theodore in that expansion draft uh, way back when because they had like DX or whatever protected. I, I think it's a good fit for them. I don't think he's a great player, but where they're at, I think it only helps the Ducks. Yeah, do they, do they still have Delzato? No, he's a free agent. Oh, okay. Yeah, I kind of like Shattenkirk for whatever reason. I don't know. He's one of the the Rangers I always kind of rooted for. But I, I always like the Rangers D um, the past, like, five, ten years. I'm going to skip the Miko Koivu signing because, like, let's be real. That's solid. Uh, San Jose signed Kevin LeBanc to a four-year, $19 million contract. I just want to mention this one because this was – Kevin LeBanc had an unreal playoff and then went out, and I think he signed like a one-year, super low million-dollar contract. Didn't really do much this year. And then cashed in with a four-year, $19 million contract. I kind of like that. And then they also signed Patrick Marlowe, one-year, 700000 Now that Patrick Marlowe is signed to the Sharks, he needs 44 games a season to break Gordie Howe's record of 1,767 games. That's kind of cool. Are the Sharks trying to win a cup, or are they trying to sell some tickets? Well, I don't even know if people can be in the stands, but uh, I, I don't know. I, the Patrick Marlowe one kind of baffles me a little bit because he's not really the player he once was, but what do you guys got on that? Yeah, dude, I agree. Marlowe is a weird one. It's kind of like what I'm going through with Char right now, if the Bruins sign him or not. It's like you want to respect the guy, and you love the guy, and he's given everything to the organization, but it's like, is it going to end? And I agree. Are the Sharks trying to win a Stanley Cup? Like, Still can't really tell. Devin Dubnik um, is kind of a, a weird move. The one thing I'm super excited for this year, and this is kind of off topic, but basically reports are coming out that Eric Carlson's like finally healthy for the first time as a shark. Like I feel like Eric Carlson definitely like hasn't produced the same amount, but like people forget, like you talk about like Kale McCarr and like Quinn Hughes, like I think Eric Carlson was like that and more almost when he first came in the league, like electric. Like he was basically, he was basically Elias Pedersen as a defenseman. Like it was incredible to watch every night. Um, So I'm pumped for a healthy Eric Carlson, if that's true. Yeah, that'd be nice. I I don't understand the goalie thing either. I mean, they've all, they've had bad goaltending the past few years and I don't think Dubik is enough. Uh, You said they signed him too. But, yeah, um, they did the trade with, like, Donato went over, too. Oh, okay. But um, I actually really like the LeBanc signing. I feel like the Sharks are kind of loyal to their guys. And he, he strikes me as a guy that, like, when they were stacked, he could have been top six somewhere else. He kind of took some – he took power play time, but he also played some, some third-line stuff, and that's pretty cool. My brothers actually skated with him when they were squirts, I think. They all played in New Jersey together. Um, Dad is, like, textbook – hockey psycho dad like ran them into the ground as a coach but like nicest kid ever and I mean it was crazy to see him break into the league and like put up points and stuff um I don't know hockey's hockey's a small world yeah 
Uh, your Bruins signed Craig Smith to a three-year, $9.3 million contract. So you're going to end up paying this guy $3.1 million a year to probably be on your third line. Um, Craig Smith, this is the same Craig Smith that was on Nashville, right? Yeah, forever. So he's, I mean, he's a solid player, I think. And I think when it comes down to it, you look at the Bruins, their first two lines are pretty good. You kind of need that depth right now. So I don't hate this. Hopefully this is the last we see of Par Lindholm. Yeah, 20, I mean, 20 goal season since 2013-14. Craig Smith, five. Taylor Hall, five. So, I mean, who got the better uh, deal on that? Overall, I'd give the Bruins offseason like an F-. minus. Um, but I love this signing, dude. Like, what we need is we need two right wingers. They got one of them. Pots 20 every year. Charlie Coyle's kind of been on an island on the third line ever since Marcus Johansson left two years ago after the cup run. Uh, I think it does nothing but improve the Bruins. I'm cool with it. And again, it's like three point whatever a year. Like you can move that if you have to, you can hide it if you have to. It's not a huge signing. 20 goals on the third line is what we need. And that's what we're going to get. So hell yeah. Yeah. And then how to add to that. Um, one of the responses we got from our Instagram question was when the hell are the Bruins going to make a move or are they done? Um, do you think that they're going to make another signing or? What's your uh, response to that? Nah, I don't know, man. It'll be interesting. There's not a lot of other people that are still out there. Ultimately, what they need is like a top six right winger, and I don't think you're going to get that on the market right now. So I think they might be done. Also, the owner, Jeremy Jacobs, is kind of a douche. Uh, his business is basically strictly like vending and like game, like game vending and shit like that. Like he runs arenas. Um, so he's making zero money. So people are saying that he has no money. He doesn't want to spend any. So that might be where we're at. And news came out today, right? That Bergeron is out for like five months and Marshan's out. Possibly knock is out for five months. Marshan's out for four. It might be reversed. Um, I think, I honestly think that that probably played a whole lot into what the Bruins are going to be doing. Yeah, dude. The only thing I'll say to that is it just sucks because what's going to happen is we're probably still going to be in a playoff spot. Like, I'm not super high on the Bruins next year, but I know we're still going to be like in the mix and we'll have a playoff spot regardless of those injuries. Um, and we're going to have to overspend at the trade deadline. We're not going to have a first round pick again. Like we're going to go through that all over again. I just wish Don Sweeney's three big signings since he's become the GM of the Boston Bruins. And this is a guy who won GM of the year uh, is David Backus, Matt Bolesky, and John Moore. Those are his three biggest signings. And now number four is Craig Smith. So I, it's just like, figure it out, dude. But I don't, I think they're done, unfortunately. All right. And then the last region sign that we have to talk about Vegas Golden Knights on Alex Petrangelo, seven years, $62 million. Uh, this guy brings everything to the table. He's just an absolute competitor. He's won a cup with the blues. He's, I mean, he's been a number, a top pairing defenseman pretty much since he's been in the league. Um, a name that you probably don't hear that often just because he plays with the Blues, but he plays very, very sound defensively. He can, he puts pucks in the net if he needs to, and he can shut people down. So, I mean, this is huge for Vegas. On top of that, you have Shea Theodore and, like, all your other guys that are just running around. Like, I think this is good for Vegas. Is this Vegas's like, first, like, big-name free agent signing? Nah. Yeah, Marc-Andre Fleury. Good point. Yeah, yeah so. you know what I mean. Like, the first time – because Fleury came over during the expansion, but is this, like, their first, like – Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, they. I think they – did they trade or sign Pacioretty? I don't know. I think Pacioretty is probably the biggest free agent deal that they've had in Vegas right now. Yeah, and I, I would say, like, I kind of dumped on Vegas on the last podcast. 
I like this move for them. I said, like, they don't have that oomph. I think this makes their D better. It's an upgrade over Schmidt. It's a lot of money. Um, I don't know, man. If I was a Vegas Golden Knights fan, I'd be pumped. Like, this was the sweepstakes. To me, over Taylor Hall, this was the number one guy that you wanted to get in the offseason. So I would be jacked up. No, for sure. And we had a couple other things. I'm just going to delete them because I know that we're, we're itching for time. So let's just get into trades right now. We're itching for time? What's that mean, dude? I mean, let's be honest. We talked about this before the podcast. I said, I said, this is a lot. Like, that was a haul. Like, I don't know how you guys feel. Like, kind of need to decompress. Like, that was like, we just had like 65 signings that we just went through. Like, I, we might need to bump up morale a little bit. That was tough. I mean, we have four trades to go over, and then we have Dominic Morris heroes and zeros. So, I think we're, right. we're seeing yeah. the- Let's so. just let's just jump in with a little bit of uh, Dale Lightness. Uh, I'm just going to take the pod by the horns here. We had a couple of nice Instagram questions. I think they're fun. They're airy. It might give us a <laughs> mental break here. Um, one of the questions we got was from our buddy Connor Ruin, who said, so are you guys going to get Sean Avery on the pod? Or, And uh, I'm a firm believer in adding to the universe things that you want to have happen, just saying it out loud. Sean Avery, we'd love to have you on the podcast. Uh, I, you know, I think, I think just putting that energy out there might uh, gravitate towards that. You guys got anything on Avery coming on? Sean Avery would never have a conversation with me. If Sean Avery saw me on the street, he might fucking slap me in the face, throw me in the bike lane, spit on me and Instagram live it. Like, I just don't think I'd maybe Ked can pull it off. I'm just saying if we ever interviewed Sean Avery, I wouldn't be present. It only costs seventy five dollars to get a cameo from Sean Avery. So Dale, how much do you really want it? <laughs> I don't want him. I don't want to pay him to come on the pod, dude. I want I want to biz dev our way to get him to want to come on the pod. So you don't really want it. All right. What's the next question? Prove it. All right. Facts. Um. The net. The next question we got is uh. Out of the morning skate crew, who would survive the longest in a zombie apocalypse? Um, probably you, dude. Like we all know, like you went to Outward Bound. Like you know, probably how to kindle a fire. Like you know how to eat. Like I, you can survive off berries for like a week. Like you wipe your ass with trees. Like I just feel like there are certain skills that because like because like you were thrown in the outdoors for two weeks, like you just learned. Um, I, I don't possess. Like maybe. I, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you would just be the most comfortable, but I think you would have a good chance. I would agree with the first half, but I would also add that I'm fairly nonviolent and I've never shot a gun or really gotten into a fight. So there's that element too. Yeah, I, I can safely say I'd be the first to go. I grew up in Queens, New York, and uh, there's, there's no outdoor skills other than walking to the bodega and uh, ordering. So <laughs> that's not going to go very well for me. I got my – I mean – it's the obvious pick, but I got my money on Ked uh, j- just for the social prowess. He can pass for a homeless guy. He can pass for an attorney. He can pass for a doctor. I mean, the range is going to help you in an apocalypse, apocalypse situation. You got to negotiate. I'm a chameleon. I also do have my pistol permit. But if, we're, but if we are talking, if you ever play Call of Duty with Disco, that kid is on a whole nother level of strategy. I don't know if he can really put that into play in real life terms, but he would definitely be my wild card. Um, yeah, I'm probably going to go with me too, dude. Like uh, I, I'm from, <laughs> from, from Middle Grove, you know, I grew up in the woods. I know how to shoot guns. I, I, 
I don't know. Maybe I, I think eating would be a struggle. You're right. Dale can wipe his ass with trees and eat berries and be completely fine. It would be a, it would have, it'd be a toss up dude, to be completely honest. Oh yeah. The leaves can actually be a, a huge impediment. Um, Cause I took a shit in Queens in public, picked the leaf that gave me a rash, just entire Grundle area. It was incredibly bad. They really need a uh, more Boy Scout presence in Queens. Yeah, and if if we're talking if we're talking stri- strictly on like the whole pooping and shitting, I mean I take the most dumps in public restrooms out of anybody. I think that's that's just a fact. <laughs> Stewart's one on one. So if we're going strictly off of that, I think I'd be all right. You got the antibodies. Yeah, I've yeah, a hundred percent. I've seen some shit, dude. So uh, shout out to myself. Do you have any other Instagram questions, Dale? I think we just go right into the last one, which is kind of in our EASHL. Uh, NHL 21 came out today. A lot of hype around it, a lot of new modes. Um, I haven't personally played it yet. I know Eamon is, uh, or excuse me, Dr. Mantis Toboggan is our resident uh, friend in that realm. Um, what do you guys got on NHL 12? Are you excited? Have you downloaded it yet? Uh, what are you looking forward to most? I mean, when, when, I haven't, dude. I haven't downloaded it. I haven't played it. I've bought NHL every year. I think like dating back to Ginla, which was 03. Uh, and I think I missed some years before that. I've had it every single year. I'm going to do it. I'm just not ready to do it yet. I'm also very concerned and confused because I think the PS5 and like the new Xbox are probably coming out soon. And it's like, do I have to buy it again am i really like at this point in my life gonna buy a new system but if i don't buy a new system i probably can't play online like there's a lot of stuff that's factoring into it right now and like uh am i excited sure we talked about it last time there aren't really that many changes like you know what you're gonna get there's gonna be like three like gimmicky changes like i saw like nasher doing the uh the Shvechnikov michigan goal on shell that was online but, like, other than that, like, it's probably going to be the same exact thing. And I'll buy it. Well, there's that new mode where, like, you can actually be a player and, like, you sign endorsements and shit and, like, you handle the media. I think that's kind of cool. NHL's never really had that before. I think when Corona happened, like, we were so giddy about playing NHL 20. I can't tell you how many games that we ended up playing, but I will also tell you if I'm playing online and a kid does a Michigan on me, I'm just turning my fucking system off. Yeah, I guess a really good thing I just thought about, though, speaking of, like, EASHL, that's a new season, new record, start fresh. Like, let's be honest, we ended below 500. Uh, we ended below 500. Like, it, morale died pretty quick once we got to the higher divisions. Yeah, the higher divisions were definitely rough, but I don't know. That was the end. That was NHL talk. Uh, trades. We have to do trades. So, here's one. Colorado Avalanche acquired Brandon Saad, Dennis Gilbert, 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 from Chicago Blackhawks in exchange for Nikita Zadorov and Anton Lindholm, the Blackhawks signed Zadorov to a one-year $3.2 million contract. Uh, Zadorov was interviewed and said, let's be real, uh, pretty much any time Chicago came to Denver, it was a Chicago home game anyway. I fucking love that quote. If I'm on the avalanche, I'm going to definitely be taking a run at that guy. But I think a lot of Blackhawks came out and said that they're kind of done with management after the deals that they just made. I don't really know what's going on. Brandon Saad has been traded how many fucking times in his career? It's only a matter of time before he's back in Chicago. So if I'm a Blackhawks fan, don't get too down on that. But, uh, I, I mean, I think we're a Zadorov podcast, right? Yeah, I mean, he's a tough Russian defenseman, right? Like, uh, I don't really know if it's a good trade. Blackhawk fans hate it. I think they're being kind of harsh because in a sense, like the Blackhawks D is kind of weak, and I just think Zadorov is another one of those pieces. He looked good on the avalanche. Like, I think 
they'll bring an element to their team that's positive. Uh, on the flip side, though, like you traded Brandon Saad pretty much straight up for Artemi Panarin, uh, or you traded Artemi Panarin for Brandon Saad, and then you just traded Brandon Saad for Nikita Z- Zadorov. So that's kind of a tough look. And I think, what's their GM's name? I always forget his name. Shit. It's not Fletcher. Stan Bowman. Stan Bowman. I, Stan Bowman's just an idiot. Like, I don't isn't I he like, like super. Isn't he like around our age? Isn't he super young? No, I think that's either Dubas or the guy who was in uh, in Phoenix, right? Uh, I might be thinking of their coach. They might have a young coach. They have a, yeah, I forget his name. He is a younger guy. Stan Bowman looks like he like manages like a local federal credit union or something, and just recently <laughs> went through a divorce and like just does not enjoy himself. He's I don't know, right? Like, and, and the toughest thing too is like uh, his dad, Scotty Bowman, like the biggest legend ever. Like, like we yeah. don't talk about Scotty Bowman enough. Like. You know what I mean? Like, Scotty Bowman, like, low-key, is one of the all-time greats. Like, I feel like – He's probably the best coach. Yeah, and then he was, like, one of the best, like, managers and presidents and, like, just cup after cup. And, like, now his, like, son is just, like, trading Panarin for Assad. And it's just gross. It's a tough look for the family. Assad did put up 21 goals this year in a shortened season. I'm just not a Assad guy, though, are you? Not to harp on it. I think I was back in the day, and then he went to Columbus, and, like, this guy's really not that great. Yeah, just a weird career arc. Because he's still, like, I think he's 27, 28, so kind of weird. Yeah. He Guys is, just look good is. in the Blackhawks jersey. It makes them look way better. Yeah. <laughs> I was also just going to throw in, he is, yeah, he is our age, 27. Mike Blair, shout out Mike Blair, roomed with him at national camp. So kind of cool to say I played on a line with somebody who roomed with Saad. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, dude. I mean, no I, would, I would consider that a reach, but, like, almost there. You have so many NHL connections, dude. Thanks, bro. Cade Kreese, the Brandon Saad teammate, was his roommate on the U.S. team. Like, that's good. fucking sick, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I never roomed with him, but I know someone who did. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. Uh, Vancouver Canucks acquire defenseman Nate Schmidt from the Knights for a third-round pick. I'll take Schmidt on my team for a third-round pick. He's pretty good. Yeah, I would too, dude. That's the only thing I really have on this. I'm not a huge – Schmidt guy, I remember, like, he got busted for Peds. Also, shout out to Kiefer Bellows. Uh, And suspended for that, too. That's a little interesting. Yeah, Puck Breaker, what kind of organization are you guys running over there? Yo, we're solid, okay? Every every 10 years or so, we have a bench-clearing brawl with Pittsburgh. (laughs) Uh, Our goalie gets punched out, and And that's how we do it. Kiefer Bellows has been, like, MIA since then. I think he actually – Oh, no, he just tested positive for something. He got a PED suspension. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, he did. And what's going on with Oliver Wallstrom, dude? I don't know. They just loaned him to some, like, uh, EuroLeague. Oh, of course. For, like, two years. I don't know. They have all these forwards, like like Josh Hosang. He was hyped for a little bit, and then they just fall off and and disappear. But Lou does that to guys. He, like, you know, he disappears you. If you don't don't fall in line, you know, you just disappear. (laughs) He disappears you. Uh, speaking of the Islanders, Colorado Avalanche acquired defense in Devon Taves from the New York Islanders in exchange for 2021 second round and a 2022 second round. Devon Taves, the hell of a defenseman. You okay with getting second round picks? This is a tough one. I, I had a, a huge soft spot for him. He just looks awesome. Uh, I love how he plays, his decision-making, and he can really fly. And he's the type of guy who'll join the rush, but he can, he can hold his own in the, D, in the D zone. He's like my size. He's like 5'10" went to Quinnipiac, so I'm always rooting for him. 
it's, it's just a, when you look at it, he was a fourth-round pick, and now you're getting two seconds for him, and you're giving that to Lou Lamorell, who can now trade those or pick someone up. Um, the issue they had, they got stuck between him and Ryan Pollock because they both filed for arbitration, and so did Barzell. Obviously, he's going to take up money. So at the end of the day, they went with Pollock. He's got the big bomb from the point. He's a righty. They already have Adam Pellick, who's a lefty, and Taves is a lefty, so I think that's what happened. I would have loved to have seen somebody throw an offer sheet at Matt Barzell. I wish somebody had done that. Dude, yeah, I I just want to say, too, I'm pretty Barzell sure. Barzell or Martin? <laughs> Barzell. Didn't, he, uh, didn't Taves get married? I think he got married, like, two days before he got traded, too, which is kind of tough. It's like, couldn't they, like, maybe give him a week or done a couple days before? I know it's a business, and you can't really do that, but, like, I saw – it was like on Instagram, there was a bunch of Islanders there and stuff. And you're like, you're celebrating, you get married and then lose. I know like, they just had like the best run in 20 years. They're like all boys now and see ya. Yeah. yeah see you nice. later. But like we said, going to look great on the avalanche. Like Joe Sackick proved himself great trade. Uh, and if you're an Islanders fan too, I'm super high on Noah Dobson. I don't know why ever since he got drafted world juniors, uh, just kind of interesting kid. And I think was he going to be 20 or 21 this year? And I feel like if you're the Islanders, maybe trading Taze just means more time for this young kid. I know he's a right shot, I think, and Taze was a left. But I'd be excited for Dobson, at least. You have that going. Right. And the thing about all these young D, like three years ago, they all looked like trash because the Islanders had no system. And Trotz came in, put organization into it. Now all these guys are just thriving. So, yeah, I'm excited about Dobson, too. Dobson, 6'4". I didn't know he was that big. Holy shit. Um, oh, wow. Last trade, the Winnipeg Jets acquire Paul Stastny from the Knights for Carl Dahlstrom and a fourth-round pick. Should I know who Carl Dahlstrom is, or was this just a cap dump? Because I feel like – how did Paul Stastny only get that? I mean, I think I think it's probably a little bit of essentially a cap and a guy who's kind of older and on the decline. Um, I don't know, man. I th- I think it's a – it's kind of a weird move, right? Like, he was there a couple years ago for a run, and then – he ended up going to Vegas. He goes back. I think his dad was a legend there. I just – I don't know. I'm kind of confused by what's going on in Winnipeg. I just didn't think Winnipeg would be sellers this year. Do you know what I mean? Their D kind of fell apart. They still have some young pieces, and they have Hellbox. So, like, they're close. But I just don't think Paul Stasny's going to bring you to the next level. It's crazy to see what a Jacob Truba trade and a Dustin Bufflin retirement would do to your team. Like, Seriously, they were yeah. really good, and then all of a sudden they lost two out of their three right-handed defensemen, and now that they're like, I don't know what the fuck they're doing. There's talk about Patrick Line getting traded. Again, we talked about him all the time. Yeah, he might have some rough spurts, but he's going to put up 30 goals every fucking year. So, I don't know. But that's what we had on the trade market. Uh, do a little bit of beer league roundup if we want. I just want to say I'm playing defense. Uh, we play games to five. Normally we play like three or four games this week we only played one game it's kind of cool normally i just played a five but in this league you have to win by two went to quadruple overtime your boy scored the overtime winner not a big deal uh i, I also would like to say that i am a defenseman but i scored it and the slot on a redirect because i'm an offensive defenseman so shout out to me how you have something in here about slap shots oh oh yeah i did write this down i uh beer league game last night dude we had our league, there's a four-minute penalty, a high stick, which was crazy in beer league. Yeah, four-minute kill, dude. Um, and they just had the, they had this, like, umbrella set up, and they kept passing it to the same kid, slap shot after slap shot. And it was the same side I was on. 
And of course they have this like six, four kid running a screen in front and I'm trying to move them out. And I'm just like, dude, like you guys mix it up. Like they didn't score. I was like, like you tell this kid to stop taking slap shots. I just think I don't every now and then a slap shot's okay in beer league. And like, I don't, I hate on it sometimes. Cause like there's obviously the douche who does the head high hunter, but to take like six slap shots in one shift, it's just a wild move to me. So I lay off pal. I hate slap shots in beer league. Any slap shot above the knees, you're a dickhead. Yeah. And like, I get like the whole, like the angle of like, right. When you're on a good beer league team and you have kids who can like run deflections and tips, like obviously that adds an element, but it's still like chill out, dude. Like there, there's so many different ways to score on us right now. And you're just going to tee off from the point. Like I'm out of breath. Like, you're not, you're not, you're not <laughs> How did it feel to be Dan Girardi on the PK though? I mean, zero block shots in that exchange, but uh, no goals. I, I, it's just like one of those moments where it's like, fucking really, dude? Like, I don't know. Like, and if, you, if you're going to be a slap shot guy, like, I know there's that – what's the huge guy, uh, like, right West or whatever you talk about? You know how that guy has, like, a cannon? Like, if you're going to be a slap shot guy, like, you better be a slap shot guy. You know what I mean? Like, you better have one that's, like – because you have to be able to not go rogue and hit people, and it just has to be a dart. Yeah, either you're a slap shot guy or you're a guy who wears like a tinted visor and white gloves who thinks they're a slap shot guy. Yeah, but nothing trumps the the fake slap shot guy. If you fake slap shot me, I just want to kill you. Yeah, I'm a big fake slap shot guy. So uh, <laughs> that's that's the old that's the old beerly ground up. And last segment, Don Morris heroes and zeros. Hey fans, this is Dominic Moore. I'm just gonna take you guys through a little bit of the behind the scenes stuff here. Okay, heroes and zero time. I'm gonna go first. My hero of the week. In the skate, I skate with, I don't know his name. The other team has, like, this captain. He's a Wiley but He's an older dude. He wears, like, that old-school CCM, like, turtleneck. He has, like, an old-school white cage. He plays defense. He's number 77. Every other word coming out of his mouth is some sort of curse word. I just wanted to give him a shout-out, dude, because, like, if I can be anything like him when I'm a little bit older, I will be very, very happy. Hell of a player. Moves the puck really well. And the entire time, he's chirping on the ice. And, like, he's – like, he's – I mean, he's pretty vocal, but he's not being like a dick, but it's still kind of annoying and it's hilarious. So uh, my hero of the week goes to guys who still fucking play the game the right way, the hard way as you're getting older and who gives a shit. And he's fucking nasty. I would take him on my team any day of the week. So again, don't know his name, but shout out to that guy. Here's a serious question for you, kid. How long do you think like, like how long till you're going to like start going to like the old guy skates? Like how long are you going to hang on to like the young guy skate? Are we talking like, are you going to try to hold on to your fifties? Like, are you trying to ride that out? Like, what's the move? Like, because yeah. where I live, there's like an over 40 league. Like, when you turn 40, would you jump right to the over 40? And light it up, yeah. <laughs> That's true, because those are your prime years. Yes, dude, 100%. <laughs> These guys are out here need an oxygen tank. I'll be out there like fucking Chris Chelios, dude. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point, man. I didn't think of that shit. I love those guys, too. I love a good old guy. Uh, and I, if he listens to the podcast, I'm not calling him older. He's just older. You know what I mean? I'm not calling him old. But you know, <laughs> I'm sorry. I kind of made that leap and bound. I kind of like in my head was picturing like a 47 year old for some yeah, reason. I can't wait to get gutted like a fish next week. This seems. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. All right. My hero of the week, Eugene Melnick. We talked about him last week. He pulled the Alex Trebek uh, stunt. Everyone's favorite Ottawa Senator GM. Uh, he's suing the Ottawa son. Uh, we have a lawyer on the podcast. I wish I had this pulled up but Eugene Melnick's suing basically do you remember it came out last year um that there was like 
the charity organization was trying to like separate from the Ottawa senators, uh, which was kind of a crazy story. He's basically saying that was false. Uh, and he's now taking legal action against uh, the Ottawa sun. So uh, he, he's suing a columnist, Rick Gibbons about the dealing foundation uh, damages reputation, a $500,000 lawsuit. I love this. Wow. I mean, this well, is peak Eugene. Don't, the only thing I know for sure about Canadian law, and it's actually kind of related to this, is that they don't have free speech, technically. Like, it's not in their constitution. So something like this, where you're talking shit, is going to be harder to defend. I would assume, but I really have, have no idea. That's a super interesting one. I didn't know that. Um... Can, I, can I read this about a Melnick claim? This is the last yeah. paragraph of this. Mr. Melnick is a prominent Canadian businessman and public figure who engages with government agencies, the NHL, the private sector, and the Canadian public. Melnick's claim says, the defamatory articles and their broad distribution, including being made available to the world at large on the internet, were damaging to Mr. Melnick's reputation. I just love that he acts like he had a perfect reputation before this. Like, he's like <laughs> the most hated like owner ever. Like, he's just acting like everyone like changed their mind on him. Like, this was the instant. You know what I mean? I fucking love this guy, dude. <laughs> this guy. What a world. I mean, there's always a question where it's like three dead people are alive you'd want to get a beer and talk life with. I think Eugene Melnick's slowly creeping up his way into my life. <laughs> and if you're a Senators fan, you want him to win this, right? That's 500000 more dollars he might spend towards the organization. Like, I mean, let's go get a W, Melnick. Let's be honest. If Melnick wins this, do you think he's putting it towards the organization? <laughs> no, <laughs> probably he's not. Paying off Trebek, rolling it into the next lawsuit. <laughs> no, he's paying off fucking Trebek. He's like, hey, Trebek, I'll pay you five hundred grand, but just you know, give me a little bit of time. This is all allegedly. Ed. Melnick, we love you. <laughs> Dale, what's your hero of the week? Yeah, so I got a, I got a good one uh, this week. Going out to uh, the NHL or someone internal, some internal boardroom at the NHL, contemplating the idea of using Lake Louise in Alberta as a uh, possible location for opening day. How sick would it be to get Lake Louise pond hockey on an opening day, like get some actual NHL games? They always have the winter classics, but you know those are in an arena and on man-made ice, so to actually get NHL players on a real lake in British Columbia, Alberta, Canadian Rocky Mountains, surrounded by beautiful mountains, fresh, cold air. I can't think of anything better. Um, and that was just like, yeah, I, I hope it happens. Um, so that's my hero. And uh, fresh, You don't get to go twice, dude. Yeah, but I'd like to say, one, I, would, one yeah. I do like the fresh air uh, – the fresh air. Oh, I, wasn't gonna, I, wasn't, I wasn't going twice. It was just kind of on that pond hockey realm. There, there could also be rumors in the capital region that there may also be so, something similar, like a pond hockey type tournament this year, because we didn't have one last year. And uh, so it just kind of goes in, in parallel with that. In Run by the morning skate, dude. Yes, the, the morning skate could very much be involved. This is breaking news on the podcast can't say what lake can't say exactly where it is because it's still very early on in the development but the morning skate could be involved in a capital region tournament which would be huge i love that i'm gonna piggyback off of hal talking about the cold air dale i can appreciate somebody trembling when they say cold air that was unbelievable dude i and this this is literally mystery alaska like this would be one of the coolest moments i think in nhl history like this is not just a man-made thing like 
I don't know how the fuck they do it, be able to put up the boards of Zamboni, do the whole fucking thing. But if they could pull that off, how fucking cool would that be? Beyond yeah, that would literally be perfect. I mean, when you were saying that, uh, Garrison, I was, I felt like I was in a meditation session. I just floated off into paradise. Like, that was perfect. <laughs> I love that, dude. Thank you. I'll take that as a compliment. 100%. Yeah. Uh, I'll be quick with my hero. I just got to give props to Patty Marlowe. I mean, if you're approaching Gordy Howe in any type of measurable statistic, that's just mind blowing to do it that long is, is just crazy. And, uh, can always appreciate that. Um, I think the first time I was on, I talked about, um, yeah, I'm getting into my zero right away. I, I talked about, uh, my neighbors here in new Orleans who live out of their car um semi-homeless they run a, a extension cord from uh janice's parents house into the car just to get a little fan or heat in there depending on the weather well we've gotten friendly they're pretty cool but now janice has started knocking on my door at 3 30 a.m to ask if she can mop my floors for money and it's just one of those things like what goes through your head when you do something like that it's like, I get it when the sun is up, but 3.30 a.m., I don't care if I'm awake or not. Please stay away from my house. I know you're a cat guy, but you got to get yourself a scary dog. I guess. That's what I <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, that's tough. Like, I, because if, I don't know, if anyone knocked on my door at 3 o'clock in the morning, I would be rattled. Like, I, I don't even know if that's ever happened to me, like, thinking about it, like, Getting a knock that late at night, like, I would be so confused. It's like three times a week. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So what's the move? Is it do you answer or is it I'm, a, I'm sleeping? I answer because she keeps knocking and I got a small oh. place so I can hear it. I had a neighbor knock on one morning. He came by and he knocked on the front door. I didn't wake up. Then he woke me up by knocking on my bedroom window. I opened the door like a freaking bear waking up from hibernation. I was like, don't ever wake me up again. <laughs> don't knock on my window. Yeah, but New Orleans, it's a great place to live because everyone just talks to each other. You just make eye contact, you're friends forever. So I think it just comes with the territory. People just swing by. That's what I was about to say. I think it has to be a cultural thing because, like, we all grew up in New York, and, like, the look on I, all of our faces, like, well, as you were describing <laughs> that, was like, oh, my you God. You should have seen the first six months I lived here, just people striking up conversation in public. I was like, who's trying to sell me a CD right now? Like, who's trying to get my social security number? I was paranoid about everything, but like it a lot now. Uh, I'm, I think I'm out on living in New Orleans, dude. I could not have somebody <laughs> at 3 o'clock in the morning being like, hey, can I mop your floors? Are you out of your goddamn mind? No. That's bananas, dude. I hope I hope you fix that. Some one way or the other, I hope that gets fixed. Yeah, we'll get it done. How? What's your zero? Oh yeah, there's just I mean, this is quick. Some ref in the state I live in got like he had COVID and he was exposed to like 600 people. It's like, can you imagine if hockey in the state I live in gets shut down? Like the CDC like warned they were like state of Maine hockey like watch yourself like you're on thin ice like there's a big article on it like getting shut down by a ref who like didn't stay home because he had this 
when he had the sniffles just would break my heart. You know what I mean? Like there's so many like hockey players are dumb. And like, I, I think about all the guys in my beer league and like some people, you know what I mean? It's just like a different breed. It's like, if anybody was to mess it up, you would think it would be like a beer league player, not a ref. Like you can't do that. Just show some fucking awareness. Use your head. If you don't feel good, don't go. Yeah. I don't know, man. I just, yeah. So I mean, zero of the week refs. It's been a while since we've ragged on refs. Like, it kind of feels good to get back there. Fuck refs. <laughs> Dale, what's your zero? Yeah, um, kind of going off what Kevin said about Patrick Marlowe. Uh, we talked about it in the group chat this morning, too. Uh, my zero would be the guy who commented on the NBC Sports post, you know, congratulating Marlowe for, for getting, uh, you know, re-signed to San Jose. And so many comments, how many cups does Marlowe have? And then NBC replied, how many do you have? I just uh, – zero goes out to anybody commenting. Any any layman like us, like commenting how many cups does a professional athlete have, especially someone as well-liked and respected and tenured as Marlon. That's cool, but couldn't that person just comment back and be like, exactly? What do you mean? Like how many cups does Marlon have? How many do you have? Well, I don't play professional sports. I guess, dude, but this, the person is still a troll. Uh, I know you guys are like in the realm of social media, so I shouldn't say this, but like social media, I, I hate when like hockey media brands have like a voice. Like I hate when like NBCSN is in the comments or like the Carolina hurricanes are like poking fun at like the New York Islanders. Like it just, it makes my skin crawl. I wish I agree that that guy's a jabroni for the comment Dale, but like, I don't know. It's just like, yeah, I don't know. Stay out of the mentions, NBC sports. Like, and that's the other thing is NBC sports doesn't even want to mix it up. Like you fire JR. Like you clearly don't want to mix it up. Like you want this product that's clean cut. Like get out of the comment section, man. Yeah. Maybe that guy had a bad day and you really just put like, you just put him in a really, really bad state. So I'm just going to throw this out there. Do if any of us out there work for a social, like in social media, do you respond to comments? A lot? Some, some of them. Do you choose? Like, is that like, yeah, is that like, absolutely. absolutely. Do you ever like choose like bad ones? Is that okay? Like to like no, put a twist no, on it? If, it? if it's even 50, 50, I, I don't even touch it. Gotcha. Yeah, that's what I figured. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, but, but you can respond to bad ones and spin it in a positive light. I just know from our experience too, with the morning skate Twitter, like I don't tweet much anymore. And a big reason is because if I, when I used to send a tweet, and I would start reading the responses, and I just wanted to respond to all of them. I would always get so mad, like, because no matter what you post, there's going to be someone who's just not happy with it. Yeah, true. But every once in a while, it is nice to kind of get in a little altercation. I guess, but, like, do you ever feel like you, like, win, though? Like, sometimes I just don't. Oh, like, I always feel so – I feel so dirty inside after I argue online. Like, I'm <laughs> yeah, so fired up in the moment, but then after I'm just like, oh, I need a shower. This is like, I stooped. I really stooped here. <laughs> my, career, my career, I just don't touch it. But in terms of, like, morning skate, I love that shit, dude. Get me in the trenches. Fuck them. I just get, like, so tr- – I don't know. I just get triggered and then, like – Oh, yeah. My, like – I don't know. I, it's an interesting question. That's all I got on that. You're Who hasn't gone? Like, you just have to be super tactical in terms of, like, what you say and what you do. But I haven't gone. My zero of the week goes my Call of Duty ranking, dude. I played Call of Duty for the first time in, like, three weeks last night, and I sucked. So, uh, going to try to get a little bit better. I think the boys were a little bit disappointed with my performance. So, who knows? We'll just have to get out there, block shots, get the pucks deep, and uh, 
you know, just keep plugging. I'm not it. questioning whatever is going on right now. I'm just curious. Did you move the PS4 and then? <laughs> what do you mean? And then what? The PS PS4 <laughs> moved the PS4, but now you're back where the PS4 was. Yeah, it's probably temporary. It doesn't matter. I was just. Oh no, I'm going back over there tonight. I just I want right. to podcast from here. Dude, oh man, I it'll be interesting to see. Uh, it'll be interesting to see. Are you are you thinking you're gonna get your numbers up? Like, because the situation really is the reason you were good at COD is because you were working from home. Yeah, yeah. Well, allegedly, but yes. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> like, all right, I'll maybe edit that one out. But yeah, maybe a little bit. Sorry, dude. I don't know where I was going. <laughs> all right. Well, that was this week's podcast. Thanks for tuning in, Puck Wrecker. Thanks for joining us. Hal, thanks for joining us. Dale, thanks for joining us. 13, Alexis Lafreniere. He just picked his number. I love that. Oh, we didn't talk about that really quick. What's your thought on that? Okay. I don't, I don't hate it. I would have rather have had like a fucking just number that nobody would have known about, but he picked an established number. So who cares? Last one award was Kevin Hayes. Yeah, it's kind of setting the bar low uh, for your career. I'm not impressed. <laughs> I love it. Up the rags. Fellow 13. Fuck the Islanders, dude. We'll, we'll Let's go. We're the, new, we're the Jets. We make the conference finals and act like it's the Super Bowl. Yeah, you're still junior. Love it. You're still a junior varsity. So. Yeah. 4-4, baby. That's all that matters. <laughs> all right. Thanks for everybody coming on. Thanks for tuning in. We'll talk to you guys next week.